What do you know about your soul? Did you know that when you're not aligned with your soul, you can feel disconnected, feel angry, dissatisfied, and experience loss of joy or meaning? In today's episode, we open up discussion about what a soul is, ways you can feel more aligned, and how you can move towards self-healing. Join me today on the Holistic Counseling Podcast. This is Holistic Counseling, the podcast for mental health therapists who want to deepen their knowledge of holistic modalities and build their practice with confidence. I'm your host, Chris McDonald, licensed therapist. I am so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. In this fast-paced world, it's easy to forget that you are more than the you that gets lost in worry, stress, panic, confusion, or depression. You are so much more than the one who feels lack in love, self-love, that overthinks or who longs for healthier relationships. You are so much more than the you who gets lost in old trauma or self-sabotages with food, drinks, or other people, staying so busy that you don't even know yourself anymore. It's time to wake up each day feeling connected, inspired, and beyond your stress patterns guided by your inner wisdom, love, and joy. It's time to connect you back into your power, purpose, and joy. It's time for your soul to shine. And today's guest, Dr. Shannon South, is here to talk to us about how to do this. She's an award-winning transpersonal therapist, best-selling author, a professional speaker, and expert in the field of spirituality and healing trauma for over 20 years. And this is her third time on the podcast. Welcome back, Shannon. Thank you, Chris. I love doing this work with you. We, You and I have such a heart for this, and I'm just yes. grateful to be with you again. And we are so aligned in so many yes, ways. we are. We really with believe all this, really this to be true, this healing. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. I just got done teaching a class. I teach counselors and coaches how to help access a person's higher nature so they can reconnect to their soul um, through a thing I call soul-based practice. And then I work with clients in my private practice, um, helping them overcome their survival patterns of trauma and anxiety and depression and abuse and rewire those patterns so they literally can access their more soulful self, their divine nature, who they truly are more. Because um, it's all there, according to spiritual psychology and my training, it's all already there. We just have to remove what's in the way of us accessing that. And we're going to dive right in and get deep here on the Holistic Counseling Podcast and talk about what is the word soul? What does that mean? Oh my goodness. Just, it makes me just go, hmm, you heard that? Yes. So according to my experience and just working in this field for so long is people see their soul in such different ways. But the common themes seem to be love, like our higher nature, unconditional love, um, that, that part of us that's really luring us to grow, that's pulling us up and out and beyond into possibility. And the almost like bees to a honey, honeys to be, you know, it's like this, this, our natural essence of who we truly are that gets overclouded. You know, I use the uh, image a lot like life conditioning or life experiences just cover up the windshield of our car, right? (laughs) And so they, we can't access the soul. You know, one of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelou is, when things just got hard, my soul crawled up behind my heart and went to sleep. And so our job 
um, if we so choose it, is reawakening into our soulful self, our grandest, highest nature. You know, Abraham Maslow called that your self-actualized self. And some people call that your self-realized self. Some people call that enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. Your actualized. Yeah, your actualized self that really lures you into healing and fullness and wholeness and love and trust, you know, the qualities of the soul that um, I find people embody as they move into, you know, their healing. I may be moving too fast on this. I apologize if I'm jumping right into another question you had for me. (laughs) Um, But the qualities I see as the soulful self are unconditional love. They are that trust, the peace, the strength, you know, we forget about strength. Um, I think that's one that I often, when we have trauma and we feel fractured or wounded or shameful or anxious, we don't feel strong necessarily. And so embodying a sense of strong, like I can show up and handle what's coming at me. I can handle life as it is. I am more than this experience. Like that takes strength to say something like Oh, that. for sure. So I, I know you mentioned, I was thinking about the windshield, how you said like if it's dirty, like the soul's not shining. And is it just all these ne- life experiences and some of these traumas and negative things that happen to us that kind of clouds us from shining and absolutely embodying conditioning, um, survival patterns. You know, I think about, think about a family member of mine that I know well, and he's struggling. And, you know, I think, you know, about how he's had some really tough shame induced situations that um, have created a lot of a way of seeing himself that is not really who he is, but he believes himself to be a certain way that is not supportive, self-supportive. And so as he reconnects and heals, you know, what I would do with him if he came in to see me, I would help him reconnect to that more soulful self so he can see himself as a creative, loving, strong, amazing being, as opposed to, you know, a very lost, scared, anxious teenager. Yeah. And I think that's hard with family members that we can't do the work for them and we see them suffering and we know all this stuff and know some ways that could, I was just saying that to my husband today. I'm like, this is my dad and he's struggling right now. And, but I can't do it for him. Oh, I know. I did refer him to someone who I'd trained. So that was helpful, (laughs) but it's hard to dive in there and be like, Hey, it's right here. But when they can't feel, sense or see it, it's painful. Or believing the stories they tell themselves, which create those grooves in the brain once they say it over and over and over. And sometimes we can jump in to be like, hey, you know, this is what I noticed, but <sighs> sometimes that doesn't help. True. Another thing I want to say about the soul, it's a rejuvenating quality within us. So it's like it's ever present and rejuvenating, meaning that when we're able to quiet the static, access the more loving self, then there's a natural healing that occurs when that loving self is present to the painful aspects of our conditioning, our experience, that our system knows how to soften and move into a more expanded nature. Because when we're in survival, we're in constriction and we're in that looping, like you talked about, right? That looping of like anxiety patterns or self-hatred or perfectionism or over-pushing or whatever that we do. We all do it, right? Like one of my favorites used to be codependency. Like I would just throw myself into other people and like, 
I didn't even know who I was or what I, where my head was or my toes were. And developing a sense of myself where I can feel that inner rhythm and what's best and right most of the time where I'm supposed to put my energy versus feeling so lost and reactive to the external players in my life. So that's more of a soul-led feeling and a soulful rhythm versus just reacting like we would as a child. Because that's how we survive as children. We react to what's happening around us, right? And yeah, we have to. It's brilliant that way. Absolutely. But as we develop, we learn to really have an inner guided rhythm, which is feels different. It feels we have less anxiety with that kind of rhythm. We have less depression. We have a trauma can heal. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And I was wondering, and listeners might be wondering this as well. So do you have to be religious to believe in a soul? Absolutely not. In fact, religion sometimes gets in the way. (laughs) I mean, I love religion. I have a minor in world religions from Chapel Hill, but I, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's beautiful love stories. However, Religion can be abusive just as any other kind of conditioning, any kind of nurturing parent can be, right? Can be abusive as well. A parent that's well-meaning can still be harmful and not meaning to. So we all are passing down our stuff. However, religion tends to get into story, whereas the soul is alive and it's experiential, meaning that it's here. So it's something that we access in the moment to moment, in the simplicity of life, Versus it having to be some complex theory about how we do this thing, right? The soul is like in the awe and the bliss and the joy or the peace of the moment versus or the wisdom, like this aha or this creativity. You know, I had this one kid that said, I don't have a wise self or a soulful self. I don't have one, you know, and that's not an uncommon experience. And I said, what's how do you play your music? He played the guitar. I said, how do you do that? I mean, he said, well, the ideas just drop in. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So what do you do with that? He's like, well, I'll follow the inspiration. I'm like, well, there's your soulful self giving you that song. <laughs> like, inspired in spirit, right? You're inspired. You create the song. There's your creative soulful self working with you right there. And he's like, oh my goodness. So that shifted for him his ability to see himself. And then we access that to help him with his healing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So what about higher self? Is this part of this or is that something different? You know, I they did a study in my spiritual psychology. What do you like to call this aspect of the self? And higher self actually won. Hmm. It actually won over soulful self. So, um, you know, people call it the super conscious self, the soulful self, the higher self, higher nature, the wise self. Wise self, yeah higher power even in the recovery community. So, you know, and I want to say one more thing about the religion question you asked me, you know, I can have a, I had a Baptist minister one time come in and literally the soulful self will come to you with your belief system intact. It's pretty amazing like that. If you do have a strong religious belief experience and literally when we called in his wisest self, his higher nature, he felt like Jesus appeared to him. Wow. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing to have a religion that supports healing. Yeah, it's part of, so that spiritual side. And, and I think it was you that I learned from when you talked to clients about this in session that, you know, whatever you want to call it. So kind of giving that option, do you believe that it could be your wise mind or higher self, soul self, and kind of where, meeting them where they are if, if therapists listening want to use this? Totally. I had a client that felt like her grandmother was her highest self. And then a dog, one person had their dog, yeah. you know? So it's like, what's the most loving experience they've had? And supportive and wise and 
powerful it may be the love of their animal. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like what is most therapeutic for them, most healing and using that. We want them to have a corrective experience, right? So if they can't access a person who's been that loving and supportive, yeah. and they can, it may be someone that's passed on. It may be someone, a spiritual figure. It may be just their inner essence of creativity and how that shows up for them. It may be nature. So it's a beautiful thing to let them have that experience. Because I'm just thinking about something I've done recently that connects with this too, is like that compassionate image and connecting with, and I don't know if this is connecting spiritually to a point too, like who is someone that you most connect with that is most loving, nurturing, or it could be a wise person. And some people have been connecting like with someone on the other side or, or someone that, you know, Mother Teresa. Or- of course. I love that. It's like, it's like who represents these aspects that are within you that want developing and or that can support the development of you being kinder to you. If Mother Teresa does that for you, because who, how, how couldn't she? I think they did a study on Mother Teresa, even looking at pictures of her loving caring for babies, like people's IgA levels went up, their immune system got stronger by looking at her so cool. loving. I know. So if that pops in for you as a supporter or an inner self, sense of self, it's just that your your imagination, which is your friend or foe, right? But your imagination trying to help you bring this beautiful energy, lack of a better word. I was going to say that, isn't that almost like helping them connect to that energy? Yes. Yes, of that unconditional love. Because I think you said the word embody. So is it helping them embody that too? And yes, they do. It's crazy like that because when we call in these new patterns, the body will create resistance. If there's a, a they, they've proven that in the subconscious mind, the cells of the body hold this emotion to these negative experiences. What we call them negative. They're not really negative. They're just experiences where we disconnect from our soul, so to speak, or it feels that way. And so our body will like show resistance, like our heart will hurt or like we'll have like tightness in the body or constriction in the throat if we can't speak up, something like that, right? Or pain in the back when we don't feel supported. I mean, there's some themes to these things. Stomach, you know, we don't have a sense of ourselves. Our stomach, when we're anxious, will hurt. When we go into the body, we track letting in the new soulful self, rewiring that side of the system, the body will show us if there's fear and resistance to that by feeling tight, constricted, shut down. And as we open up the gates and the wiring and untangle that old trauma and open up the new pattern, the body will start to settle and we'll see a somatic shift. So you're literally embodying the peace into your heart or the love into your stomach, self-love, or the trust into your arms, let's say. You can feel, people have different sensations and different feelings in their body, but we use the body as a wisdom keeper to help us know, is this really getting in and embodying, or is it, are we still battling ourselves and disconnecting from it in, in survival mode just to fight, flight, freeze, fawn, or flop? Yes, <laughs> I know. Right, which, which one? So what is so what did you say with the body as a wisdom keeper? Wisdom Was that right? I've not heard that before. That is beautiful. Because it holds all these memories that want unfreezing and they want healing. When we open up the right channels in the healing, I don't know, I like the word right. When we open up the channels to the soulful self and heal the old, the body will respond accordingly. And we can the embody will respond. Way. That's why I think it's so essential to have the body in therapy. It's, it's so <gasps> such wise. a healing modality. Yes. Oh, it's so wise. And, you know, we can use the mind, the body, the emotions, Spirit. all of that. 
Yeah, and our imagery, and right, and the energy body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's all there to help us. Because I know I learned from you just using the imagery too, and how that can really shift things big time. Our imagination is a key to helping us heal. It really is part of the super conscious, soulful self. Are you a holistic counselor looking to build your confidence with holistic counseling and earn continuing education contact hours at the same time? Look no further than earning them with my online holistic training series. My series is designed specifically for you, including startup strategies for using yoga in sessions, ethical and legal considerations, and self-care boundaries for therapists. You get a script you can use right away to use yoga, learn when and how to introduce these practices into sessions. My ethics course will help you dive deep into ethical practices and how to protect yourself and your license. You can take one, two, or three in the series. Currently, they're 50 each or 120 for all three. If you purchase before June 1st, you'll get lifetime access. And I'm doing a holistic webinar in June that you get to attend for free. On June 1st, the price is going up. So grab yours as soon as possible. Go to www.hcptrainingseries.com. So I know you mentioned the protective personality or subconscious survival traps. And I know we discussed, we don't have to get into all those, but can you share some, what are some of the traits of that protective personality? I've been talking a lot this week about fawning. I don't know why, but like when we are people pleasing and not really speaking what we know to be true and we do that to survive, right? Like women do it all the time, especially, and men do too. But like, I won't really tell you how I feel or what I need. I'll just tell you what I think you want to hear or feel or sense to survive. And it's probably kept us people alive for years, right? By doing this or not getting hurt or not getting judged or not getting criticized or whatever. So fawning is one way we do it, right? And then freezing and just avoiding something. That's another way we just completely avoid dealing with something altogether. Or we want to, we're almost in denial, right? You know, that's another survival. And it keeps us alive. It's a survival mechanism. Thank goodness, right? Some things we are too afraid to go into until we have the right supports. Um, And then, of course, there's perfectionism, over pushing, on and on and on. There's so many. You mentioned flop, too. I just recently saw that on social media. I was like, what is that? I know we don't see that one that often. Can you share that? I think so. I know. What is that? Just like when your body just shuts down. Shuts down. Okay. Like you do possum. (laughs) just you go down right um and it it protects you i'm assuming that if i get chased by a grizzly and i'm i freak out too much i would flop i mean i'm assuming that would happen but it, it might keep me alive that's true um so we do so many things to survive right we um overeat we over drink we over technology we underdevelop ourselves and sell ourselves short. We overthink. The busyness, I know you mentioned with that, what you had written, that just so busy that you don't even tune in. I, I get that a lot from clients that they're so, and I'll be like, well, tell me how you've been feeling. They're like, what feeling? Who knows, right? <laughs> I'm so busy. I don't know. It's a beautiful thing. As we heal, we become more mindful. And then our present moments become so much more rich versus just remote controlling through the day, which we often do when we are just not paying attention or are in our survival brain. We're just literally slugging through the day and we've all done it. (laughs) And then we're like, wait, what happened? And it doesn't mean those timeless days. Sometimes we're just in a timeless day where it seems like it goes really fast. That's okay too. That can be the flow state. So some of that can be very positive. That can be like a flow state of our soul as we get into a creative thing that we like and we're in the present moment and we're enjoying ourselves. And then 
the day's over. And that's okay. That's not a negative experience. But I think what we're talking about more is this sense of like pushing and grinding and struggle um, as opposed to creativity and flow and ease. That's, that's a diff- they're different qualities. One's survival oriented and one is more inspired and soulful oriented. Yeah. So I know you mentioned the soulful, wise self. We talked a little bit about that. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about that? Years ago, I read Thomas More's, you know, book, Care of the Soul. Remember that one? Years ago. Gosh, as we allow in the more soulful self through practices, right? I know you, you believe in all this. You do these things, meditation, yoga, journaling, visualization, deeper inner counselor work like I use with clients, healing the old patterns. As the soulful self moves into the home of your body, it has a radiance to it. There's a radiance, almost like the soul shine, right? That's why I created the program because there's this shine to it and it has energy to it. And it doesn't mean you have to be an extroverted person. I don't mean that. You know, I'm more just naturally extroverted. There could be an inner, you know, these more introverted people have an energetic shine. You know, they just have this inner energy that's moving them. That's very peaceful and soulful and strong and healing. So I think the soulful self just feels like an inner joy or an inner sense of uh, presence. That's very, very powerful um, as we keep, as we practice tuning into it and allowing it to run the show as opposed to the survival patterns being in the front seat of our car running the show. Yeah. So it sounds like when all that can be aligned with the mind, body, spirit, then we just feel more connected. That's the word. feel overall, I'm guessing more settled, like you said in the beginning too. Alignment. That's the word. You got it. Because it literally, they show, I've seen, I've seen some yoga teachers with diagrams of this. Literally, they show that misalignment, right? When things get out of alignment, the energy is running in a very unpredictable, out of aligned way. And when we are out of our own way, so to speak, and more in alignment with that soulful self, there is a natural alignment and flow of the mind, body, spirit lined up. What does yoga mean? Union, right? Yes. Yoke You're in union yoke. with your soulful self at the at moments at a time or hours at a time, you know, how cool is that? So how would people know if they're getting out of alignment? So, you know, I think knowing your survival patterns, you know, when people know like, oh my gosh, I, when I get in survival mode, I am more critical on myself. And so then my brain is getting out of balance already. So my brain, my heart, my body. So what do I need to do to soften that? Maybe I need to go play more. Maybe I need to go out in the sun. Maybe I need to go do some stretching. Maybe there's a deeper trauma in there that I haven't gotten to that creates that reaction to be so inwardly critical. So finding out what that is or just doing things that open the door, the window to your soulful self and care for that aspect of you. And it may not be logical. I think that's what we have to do is step out of our logical brain. When we're in these places, it may be like, well, I've got these deadlines and I've got this and I've got that. And sometimes, yeah, we just choose to slog through and get it done, right? Because <laughs> that's oh, just yes. how the day went. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh-huh. But if we can be as mindful as possible and as full and trust that if we, as we get our needs met and allow that part to guide us or allow those parts of more loving, trusting aspects of self to guide, it works out. It works out. So it's that trust. Yes. Trust is a a quality of the soulful self. And not trust like a spiritual bypass and denial, head in the sand trust, but trust of like, you'll know it in your body. Your body will tell you if you're out of alignment. You asked me this question, so I'll be more specific. Your body will tell you your stinking thinking 
will tell you. <laughs> if you get in stinking thinking, your emotions will help you. They will tell you. And, you know, we know about HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Your physiology will tell you. I need sleep. I need food, whatever, whatever, whatever. I need love. Yeah, because I'm guessing that the sooner that you can really notice these signs too, the better. Because I know just like people we see in therapy wait a long time before they ever get help. And so, yeah, I would imagine to be able to stay in alignment, that awareness is going to help you stay there and, and get back to that if, if you're struggling. Well, you said that well, because I just was, I was just supervising a group of people doing this process, the inner counselor. And one of them was working with a young person, like 22 and they hadn't gotten fully ingrained in this pattern of not speaking up yet, <laughs> but they felt it like they couldn't speak their truth. And so she did one session with her to help her embody more of its, the courage and the confidence to speak the truth. And it was fine. But this older woman who had been really neglecting parts of herself for so long, it took several ways in to help heal that pattern because of the survival needs were so strong and had been practiced for so long. So it doesn't mean age per se. I mean, you know, some kids come in with a lot more trauma and by the time they're 18, they're really, really, really loaded with this stuff. But yeah, getting on this stuff sooner, right? And when we notice it, as opposed to letting it get way out of hand and being sensitive to ourselves in a, in a healthy way, you know, and I don't mean taking your temperature all the time. I mean, sometimes we misinterpret that. We're like, we're always yeah. taking our emotional temperature. We're always taking our mental temperature. No, I don't mean that. I'm paying notice in a larger context, your energetics, right? Yeah. What's happening here with your energy? At least staying connected because I have a lot of clients who are so in their heads. Yes. That they're so overthinking <laughs> that they forget everything from the neck down. So I I purposely have them practice check-ins because body, mind, spirit, and give them a little checklist. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's exactly it. Getting them realized yes. with their whole self. It really is about the whole self. We have to, the more the whole self's on board, the easier things are going to be. We have access yeah. to all of ourselves to help us in, through this crazy life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so I know you mentioned self-healing too. So can you talk more about that? Yeah, self-healing. Gosh. Well, what we just said, the whole self is there. And the more we embody our soulful self, we can access, we have more inner resources. So our inner environment's richer to help us navigate this outer environment that's coming at us all the time. So we're kind of like a self-cleaning oven. We do have the capacity to, to heal ourselves. But the, the environments that we're in externally and internally matter in that area. You know, they've done a lot of studies as even if you heal these trauma patterns and you put yourself back in an abusive relationship again, which you probably wouldn't do as quickly because of the trauma, you've healed it, right? So you're probably the chances of you getting in another one are very, very, very low. But if you were to get in another situation that was so toxic like that again, you could really revert back, right, to really, really negative things. So creating habits and choices and lifestyles that support your inner work and protecting it so that you're self-healing, you keep that healing, you would take care of it like you would a child, like your inner child, and tend to it and love yourself. You know, without a relationship with our soulful self, we tend to focus too much on external things 
to get our needs met. And then it doesn't mean we don't need external things. We, we, we still have that as a need, but we get too much, they get too much attention. So as we have more connected to our inner soulful self, we have that to always fall back on. Yeah. And that's a gift to really kind of nurturing yourself and taking that time. And I think just being patient with this process too. With our society, everything is a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. No, no. You know, there are faster ways than others, as as we've talked about before on here. Like that's why I use the inner counselor so much. I didn't create the process, but it's faster. It's an energy psychology process and it's just faster than talk therapy, let's say, right? Um, Versus other processes that you might get that might take more long-term. But either way, just committing to some way of healing and staying tuned to that in a loving way and listening to the self and taking our self-growth seriously in a healthy way, right? Not like over-serious, but like making it a top priority because self-neglect is one of the number one reasons for depression. So, How is it? Absolutely. So when we neglect parts of the self that want our expression or our healing or our attention and honoring and loving so they can heal, we don't have as much energy. We feel shut down. And we get back into those survival patterns. That's another sign of a survival pattern, right? Feeling shut down and unalive. So what led you to create that Soul Shine program? This is what we're talking about. You know, just knowing that there's a way to feel more alive and there's a way to feel more aligned and restored and really tap into that rhythm moving through us. It's already there. So what I do is I give people like weekly experiential exercises where they can line up mind, body, spirit and line up with their soulful self and reflect on that. And so it's like a self-healing journey and it doesn't take the place of therapy. It's not meant to take the place of therapy. It's meant to be in addition to or an in-between thing, but it's a wonderful way to line up with the soulful self and practice those skills and discover and create a relationship with that so that you take the things we can't always see. You know, I like to describe it this way. We have our mind, we have our fear, and we have our knowing. And the knowing is the most soulful self. You know, the mind says a lot of things. Chatty, 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 chatty. It doesn't mean it's bad or good, just says a lot. And the fear says plenty, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. But the knowing is really that soulful self, that knowing all shall be well, that knowing, you know, we've, we are okay. Be patient with ourselves and slow down. It's okay. It's safe to slow down. You are strong. You are whole. You are healthy. Despite the circumstances, you are connected. You're always connected. You're never really alone. You're always connected those kind of knowings. Yeah. You know, that's the soulful self. Um, and when we do the inner counsel process, I, I, people, the soulful self will speak to the person. Like it will tell them what they need to hear. And it's like, I would have never thought of that in a million years. I'm like, oh, that's, look at them. Their soulful self is just like yeah. pushing it out right to them. I'm like, yay, go exactly. soulful self. <laughs> and we learn to trust that more. Mm, that we process. Know what it feels like. Yeah, we even know what the soulful self actually feels like. It feels very different than the survival self. But they're both important. Right. So where, where can people learn more about the Soul Shine program? Yeah. So on my website, drshannonsouth.com, they're under events. I believe I have it right at the top there. And you can look at the monthly membership. And then for your folks, we have a, a code for them. Oh, excellent. It says HEAL, H-E-A-L. So if they sign up, it will um, support the Holistic Podcast and help them in their healing. So excellent. That's going to be super cool. I would love for your folks to, you know, and then also I'll be able to tell who's signed up from your program and I'll be happy to send them some additional support materials as well. 
yeah, to help them with their reconnecting, right? And therapists sure need that. Yes, 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 yes. Happy to do that. And that'll be all in the show notes too, in case you're driving and can't remember the code. (laughs) So (laughs) it will be on the website, (laughs) holisticcounselingpodcast.com. But thank you so much for coming back once again. So I think you made the record of the most times on the podcast. Yay! (laughs) Yay! This is such a treat for being with you. I love it. Yes. And that wraps up another episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. If you want to join me and other holistic therapists who are as excited about deepening their knowledge of holistic modalities as you are, come on over and join my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group. In this group, you can ask those burning questions about how to integrate your modality into sessions and any other ways you need support. The link for the group is in the show notes as well. And again, this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. The information in this podcast is for general educational purposes only and is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are giving legal, financial, counseling, or any other kind of professional advice. If you need a professional, please find the right one for you. 